Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rubero and I will be your host. I'll be interviewing recruiters, hiring managers, and experts to help you land your next job sooner. Just a quick reminder to download your high converting resume template that's been proven to get you more job interviews at resumetemplate.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. And if this episode resonates with you, then remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you and welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. My name is John, and we've got a very special guest in Singita today. She's got over 20 years of talent acquisition, retention, and development for top-tier contact center groups and uh, contact center customer service talent. Singita holds an undergraduate degree in psychology and business from the University of Western Ontario, a HR management certificate from Ryerson University, and a certified adult trainer through Centennial College. She's got various certifications in DISC and emotional intelligence strategies. Sangeeta is the co-author of four international best-selling books and a frequent contributor to various publications. Sangeeta is the chair for the Greater Toronto Area Contact Centre Association, gtac.ca, where she collaborates with industry leaders to keep abreast of all leading edge ideas and practices. Welcome to the podcast, Sangeeta. Wow, thank you for having me, John. Happy to be here. And, you know, it's it's a pleasure to have you because I know I've been to your events in the past, to the GTAC events, and I, those were fantastic just to have all these great minds brought together in this giant room where you get to share these ideas and, um, you know, best practices in terms of what's happening out there in the industry. So it, it's a real pleasure to have you here today to share <laughs> some of that insight with this, with the audience. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your very kind words. Yeah, we have a wonderful community. And so I'm happy to share with you as you're in your growing community. Thanks. So let's jump right into this, you know, in terms of a recruiting and, uh, you know, uh, bringing employees and onboarding employees, what is different about today's job market? Or what's the thing that you've seen that's changed over the last 18 months? Yeah, so yeah, there's been so many. So then in terms of recruitment so i'll start with that part in terms of recruitment um you know there's so many different channels i know recruiters we're looking for those people that are able to navigate and pivot with technology so you know zoom interviews are set up or whatever platform um we want to see people that treat the process as respectfully as if they were in the office. So um, I always tell my candidates, so I'm an external recruiter. So I'll tell the candidates, you know, make sure your environment is clean and don't slurp coffee, be dressed business professional. So the people who are doing well are those that are taking the process seriously um, and not um, thinking, oh, I'm at home, I'll just be in my jammies and I'll just be totally relaxed. Um, and, uh, you know, slurp coffee, that kind of thing, that's not going to fly with top-tiered companies. So Mm -hmm. it kind of depends what level of job you're looking for and um, what kind of company. So the top-tiered companies are looking for top-tiered behaviors. Um, Being late is not acceptable, just like if you were in the office. So I usually give a prep sheet to my candidates because – they do have to pivot and they do have to be comfortable with technology and turning their camera on. 
So uh, that's a big thing. And then in onboarding, that was the second part of your question. Mm-hmm. So um, companies are having a challenge because they've had to pivot so quickly and they need to keep the candidates engaged throughout the entire process. So from the time that that candidate applies to a job and has the interview, all that part till start date, and then once they start, it has to be very engaging and not so much like text and like reading, reading, reading. It has to be micro size where they are engaged throughout because this will really impact your attrition. And uh, after you've done so much work and given them a laptop and all their technology, you really do want to make sure they stay. Um, so yeah, it's, the companies had to really pivot to ensure engagement early on. Nice. And actually that's one of the things that I'm hearing as well, just based on different interviews that I've done with different recruiters, different employers, um, the way they're recruiting. So, you know, the way they're recruiting and the time that it takes to recruit people. So just from, from your professional opinion, from what you've seen, how long does it take Or what does that recruitment cycle look like? How many weeks is that from the time a posting goes up to the time that an employee gets hired? Okay, so from the time the posting goes up, Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of times they say, I usually have a six-week time from when the start date is um, to when I post. But then say an applicant applied on a Monday, I always try and go within the first 24 hours and touch base um, via email, and then we'll book the interview. And so in those companies that are efficient, they understand if they've passed through me, because I'm an external recruiter, if they've Mm -hmm. passed through me, you need to book with them immediately because the market for top talent is very competitive. Mm -hmm. So top-tiered companies, they move quickly. They don't um, make candidates sit around. When they interview, they give the re- um, decision that later that night or first thing the next day. Um, they're not making them wait. So really strong companies, they have it all wrapped up from the time, um, whether they recruit or I recruit, it should be all wrapped up within, you know, say six to 10 days total. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. And, so once, and once they've made the decision and they've done the offer letter and the candidate, uh, you know, it's a conditional offer letter, then they need to do all the back check with the references and credit criminal, all that. And that takes time. So then that will add on, but at least a conditional offer has been put in place and Mm -hmm. that will hold those candidates while the background checks going on. And then usually we give two weeks because, you know, you know, we assume you're working. So there's Mm -hmm. usually a two weeks from the time of clearance and then two weeks later they can start. But from my point of view, I need six weeks because it has to clear through me. Then it goes (laughs) to my client, right? So from my date. Um, But when a candidate comes to me, I try and push it through the system so quickly for the good ones. Otherwise, I know they're going to be looking. They just applied to six other jobs. Yeah. And and I'm speaking for contact center, entry level, or senior agents. I'm not talking about senior level positions. Those definitely take much longer. Um, but I'm talking for that entry level um, at the customer service contact center agent level. Yeah, so and that's still really fast. 
Yeah, no, and that's pretty quick in terms of what I've been hearing because it's the the um, some of the things that I've been hearing from certain employers it's it's taking up to like twelve weeks in some cases, right? For um, but I guess for frontline for for just in general, just to bring people into oh, wow. the organization, yeah, wow. anywhere between eight to twelve weeks, which is oh my goodness, I guess, yeah. So what ends up happening is. Um, they end up losing the candidate because like you said, they've applied to so many different roles. Yeah. By the time they get an offer from the company, they're already working somewhere else. Yeah. They, yeah. So, you, won't, you can't keep a um, frontline. You definitely cannot keep for so long yeah. because uh, you're right. But senior levels, I do see that often. Yeah. Eight to 12 weeks for senior positions. That's quite normal. Um, but for uh, frontline, it has to move very quickly. Otherwise they're gone. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is a good question. There's a couple of good questions in here. So I'm going to go off script a little bit because that's sure, kind of what sure. I do. But yeah. uh, so what are some of the characteristics? Because you talked about top tier talent, right? Uh, so right. what are some of the characteristics that you're looking for in top tier talent? So the first thing is, is they do need to have. Um, so I'll give you a couple of characteristics. And I really stress this one I used to. Um, years ago teach in the college environment and that mm-hmm. is being that respectful person which then if you divide it further is being a great listener the okay. number one thing I tell my candidates is do not cut off your recruiter or <laughs> like anyone along the process do not cut them off because a lot of times I'll ask a question. I'm being cut off. I go, uh, hello, could I finish my question? Because they cut me off. I go, if you want a job, especially in the contact center, number one thing is you have to listen. That's a skill mm-hmm. we look for. But even if you're looking in any arena, you need to have those listening skills because otherwise, how do you learn whatever it is your job is? So listening comes up to number one, because from there, okay. everything else will stem. Then we, with strong listening, I need someone who's coachable and motivated. So I always tell my clients, hire will over skill, always. So if will they don't over have, skill, yeah. Yes, they have to have a desire to learn. I don't want to, you know, it's like you say you can't push a wet noodle on a wall. You can't push it. Like it's just not going to happen. I am not going to bring in someone that just doesn't want to learn. They're mm. just going to drain our resources in terms of time to coach them. So if they're not coachable and motivated, don't worry about them. Don't worry about the charisma. They might mm. verbally have a wow factor, but that's charisma. Charisma doesn't get jobs done. Look for the desire to learn. You know, that will over skill. You know, I, when recruiters say, oh, the guy didn't wow me. I go, they don't need to wow you. They need to wow their customers through great service. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be overly charismatic and know how to just talk whatever and not actually deliver. Mm-hmm. So um, I really tell the candidates, number one, be humble, be a good listener. It's all tied together. From listening, I'll find out if you're coachable and motivated. And all, like all things, and I know you talk about this, um, 
on your in your videos is you need to have that attitude of gratitude. You, it's not mm. like, oh, I have to do this. You get to do this. So it's having that attitude. Have a great attitude. And no matter what level you start at, if you have a great attitude, you will get recognized, whether you're working on-site or remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and those, those are great points. So listening, being coachable, having a desire to learn, being humble, um, and having the attitude of gratitude. Absolutely. So, so, so how do you, so how do you get there? How do you find out that a, that a candidate has these types of characteristics? Do you do them through questioning, behavioral type questioning? Are there specific things that you're looking for when you're interviewing these candidates? Yes. So I will do um, a lot of behavioral questioning, but not like, oh, tell me a time when, like, I'll start with that. But then I just relax the conversation and I really take it to just conversational because I know people give those canned answers and interview speak. Mm -hmm. And that's the worst thing you can do is give a canned answer. You know, like, for example, when you say, tell me some area that you need to improve in, and then they give the canned answer. Well, I've been told I work too hard. <laughs> My album brother, give me a break. Yeah, give me a break. So be honest. You know, like yeah. if you if you have a gap on your resume because you had to take time off to take care of a parent or you had to go overseas because that's where your family is and somebody's sick, just say it. Just yeah. say it. Be honest. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been off because of this. That's it. I was working and I'm off because of this. Or if you have experience in another country, say in this, in wherever you're from, I did this, this, and this, and it's so transferable. And I am yeah. so willing to start on this job here in Canada. And I, I just had um, a, a pretty big client and I put in a ton of frontline. It's a very top tiered frontline role. So it's not for their, someone without experience. Mm-hmm. And I had people that had quite senior jobs in other countries, and they said, oh, I don't, I said, why would you want to be frontline? You used to manage uh, 60 people. And they go, I don't mind. I, you know, with my attitude, you know, what I've learned, I all started this role, and I know I'll be recognized. I know mm-hmm. that. And, you know, to work in this area where this company believes in this, that, and the other, I know I will. I don't have a problem with hard work. And they're really open and passionate about it. And I'm like, okay, you told me I like that. Okay. You know, it wasn't canned. It was, they're just upfront and honest. No. Or, you know, when I, I ask people sometimes, give me an example of when you were coached on something. And now the canned answer says, well, I've never actually had an experience where I had to be coached on a skill or behavior. I go, really? In all your years, you've never been coached on a skill or behavior. The right thing to say is, well, I, I used to talk too much or my talk time was too long, whatever it is, and mm. this is what I did. Be honest. If you're honest, you will win over the recruiters because right. we're used to hearing canned answers. So no canned answers. No canned answers. <laughs> Be your best self. Be authentic. Authenticity <laughs> will weigh out over any polished answer any day. Yeah, I know, 100%. And, and, you know, you and I, we're aligned in this area, right? It's all about being authentic, being genuine, yeah. being sincere, right? Being um, sincere. 
You know, so, I asked someone. You know, I asked someone who left Canada forty years ago, and he was a missionary. And he said, mm-hmm. um, "I go. Do you think you can work with computers?" And because he was just out in like no computers, and he goes, well, "I can learn, but what I can tell you is I have stick to itiveness. <laughs> I stuck to this for forty years, and I have the ability to serve." Now, I just need someone to teach me how to use these things. I'm like, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> and I explained it to the client, and the client goes, I love it. Great. Okay, we'll put them in and, and, and give them a little bit longer onboarding time with tech, but that temperament is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So the human model, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly how far you can get with your honesty, right? Um, you know, yeah. and... and and, and just being where you've been as well, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, right? Cause when you get that honesty, it just, it makes it, it gives you that human connection with the other person on the other side, right? Exactly. So, That's what it is. Make that human connection. Yeah. So don't think recruiters are dopes that you can just give a spin, give the human connection. And, yeah. you know, good recruiters are committed to, um, building that and having great human experiences. So as a candidate, you also need to take that ownership and, you know, yeah. be respectful of their time, be respectful in your emails. So, or phone calls, it's those small little nuances that differentiate yourself when, uh, you know, the inbox could be, or whatever talent management has a thousand resumes in there. It's the small details. That will differentiate yeah. you for those top tier jobs. And I'm specifically tier. talking, yeah. <laughs> so are you finding that candidates' expectations as well are different today than what they were maybe just, you know, a year and a half, two years ago? Yes. So candidates, they want a more robust and um, fun onboarding experience. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Younger generation wants all transparency. So they need to know everything. They want to know who do you support? uh, What's your mission? How are you sustainable? You know, they want to know all the social causes as well. That is a big draw for them. Are you environmentally friendly? What's your recycling? The the younger ones? Absolutely. Um, And the recruitment cycle has to be faster. For frontline, any frontline, it has to be faster. And I know this across multiple industries, um, whether it be in insurance or um, even, um, you know, like account managers for smaller companies. Um, it's all the same. It has to be fast. And there has to be frequent touch points. If you think you've given an offer letter, and they signed it back, and then you can just stay silent for two weeks until the start date, oh, that's a big mistake. They won't even show up on the start date. <laughs> they need to yeah, that's, need, yeah. I, it's funny you're saying that because that's what I've heard, right? Like yeah. people, they get offers, and then they have a start date, and then they just don't show up. So yeah. that's Because they have to it. be touch points. So, like, I always tell my clients, the hiring manager or TL or even director, or usually manager, mm-hmm. needs to reach out and say, oh, we're so pumped that you're joining our team. And I can't wait. You know, I know it's virtual right now, but we do a lot of fun stuff. And 
really happy to have you so that you create that sense of belonging right mm-hmm. away. And here's my email. You know, we can connect anytime. Uh, you're part of the, our team. You know, see you on August 4th, blah, blah, blah. And so you build that connection right away. And especially yeah. now, like, new hires are not even going to the office until whatever time. So you need to put in more effort and be mm. intentional on making those connections. And so it should not only be via email. You've got to pick up the phone and connect with them. Right? It's really, you can, it needs to be all channels, emails and then whatever platform you use for video, and then the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sometimes I think people forgot that we have this device called phone. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah. This is like ancient technology, saying, you know, what are yeah. you talking about? Who, who uses a phone? <laughs> so we need to cross all channels because yeah. if you only do video, that is a bit imposing on someone, you know, where they're not comfortable with you yet. Yeah. And then they think every time my boss calls, I have to make sure I look good and get gussied up and all of that. Because they're willing to do it for the interview. They don't want to have to look decent every single time, you know, especially when they're front line. They don't want that every single time. So just pick up the phone so they can talk. Yeah. No, and that's a great point, right? Especially today with other people. I know personally, one of the things I do is I'll get on the phone and I'll go for a walk, right? Like, it's just one of my yeah, ways of exactly. getting out there and doing stuff, right? So being on video isn't always conducive to having those conversations. So, uh, you know, a great point. So from the perspective of the candidate, though, and I just want to touch on this for a second. So, yes, employers should be connecting with candidates, you know, engaging them through the onboarding process. But is there something that the candidate should be doing as well? Is there something that they could be doing to make themselves known before they even show up for work on day one? Oh, absolutely. So they should, um, and and it's also expected now that you take initiative. Mm. So like you can't say, oh, nobody told me. Oh, no one told me I had to do that. Well, take initiative. Ask some questions. Read the actual documents that are sent to you. Right? Don't expect someone to highlight everything that you need to know. Because mm-hmm. I, I can only take ownership on what I learned. So I tell the candidate, anything you get, read it in full. If you don't understand it, email whoever sent it to you. And say, could you, when you have a chance, clarify what this means, this means, this means. So take initiative. Learn as much as you can in advance. And that's totally fine. Read about the company. Learn about where you can be more connected. All those mm-hmm. things that are based around initiative, take it and do it, definitely. And if you right. need a hard skill to learn, before your start date, you could learn any hard, like if you need to become better to listen, talk, type, um, take, you know, just a week intensive on your own through any software that's, you know, anything online, you could improve yeah. your typing speed or you can um, learn Excel. You, there's so many things you can do, but it's based on you not expecting to have your hand held that you take the initiative. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually that, that's what I'm kind of sensing is out there as well. Employers, the, the, the demand from employers are such that um, the expectation on employees is much higher than what it was 
uh, you know, a year and a half to two years ago. Today, you know, they expect people to come in ready to go, right? Yeah, so, be ready to rock. Right? We, yeah, we ready to rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we, ready to rock and roll. Yeah. No, but a hundred, right? Yeah. So, you know, candidates that aren't doing that, they're the ones that aren't making it past that probationary period, right? That three months that 100%. most organizations have. Yeah, absolutely. And just to tie in with that, so take initiative means around everything. So if your shift starts at 8.30, you better not be logging, you know, deciding to get to your desk at 8.29. And then say, oh, <laughs> my system crashed. Well, why didn't you log in earlier? If we're in the office, we expect you in a lot of top tier companies, and I was trained this way, you come mm-hmm. in 15 minutes ahead, get your headset on, get your water, do all that stuff, and you'll be ready to go. You don't yeah. show up to the office at 829 when you have to start at 830. So don't do the same when you're working remotely. So that gets a lot of people in probation in trouble, big time. And then not when you're um, communicating with whatever internal platform, like Yammer or whatever Slack channel, that always you need to remain professional all the way through. Mm-hmm. So respect is the foundation. Respectful teams are made up by respectful team members. And so how you speak, what kind of jokes you share, very important. Like I had someone during the recruitment cycle say uh, some kind of remark about someone else. And I heard it. So I went to my client and I said, you know what? I suggest you don't bring this person, even though I submitted the person. I said, mm-hmm. I suggest you do not. I want to revoke this submittal because it showed me, okay, it just showed me a glimmer into, hmm, you know, yeah. you're not going to be a fit. You're telling already this um, under <laughs> your breath. So no. So when you're doing all that kind of communication, being respectful. And I say yeah. it over and over again respectful of everyone and every kind of culture just you know and if and i think i mean probably we'll talk about this but uh, around social media you always mm-hmm. say if you don't want it broadcast on the front of a newspaper if you don't want your parents to read it don't post it because we do employers do look at social media absolutely so, so that's a good question. So, are employers only looking at social media through the onboarding, or are they looking at social media after once somebody's come into an organization? So, we, it is looked at in onboarding, but mm-hmm. once you're in the organization, if it's something that's negative, it usually comes is pointed out to mm-hmm. um, the employer. You know, like, for example, one candidate um, called in sick, but they went to a game. This is in 2019. <laughs> they went to Raptors. And oh they posted all their pictures of Raptors games. But that was the day that they had called in sick. So that got brought to the attention of the management. <laughs> so they had to have a little talking to. And it was yeah. done more than once. So they were let go. Or yeah. if you write, or if you say, oh, my boss is a blank, blank, blank moron. Yeah, yeah. And they think they're talking to their friends. Well, don't you, that's going to go back to your employer. Or you say, 
a comment on something political. Um, somebody said, I, I don't like this blank group. And they said it on Facebook. Well, yes, you're entitled to your own opinion, but then now you've given me insight into what you think. So I also yeah. have the right to not have you here. <laughs> right? Because well, I, you're yeah. Hearing, yeah. So it, no, these I, things do get them in trouble. Social media. Yeah. And I tell um, high school kids or, um, you know, I, I know you know NPower. Like even at NPower, mm -hmm. they're such great, great kids. But I just say all the time, if it's not positive on social media, don't put it down. Whether yeah. it be your Facebook or Twitter, definitely LinkedIn. If it's not uplifting and positive, don't bother putting it. Who does it help? Yeah. No, and those are great points. It's so positive. I love it. You're always uplifted. Thanks. <laughs> but um, so it's interesting that, you know, even after, and, and actually, hopefully, those that are listening in, right? It doesn't matter if you're a call center position an entry-level position, any position, right? Any employer can go to your social profile within Absolutely. your first three, within the first three months specifically, right? Um, and, and, you know, and actually one of the things that you, you touched on, Sangeeta, is, you know, um, even though they might not know directly, but somebody you know might go and tell them, right? This is how I get information. Yeah. I don't listen to the news. But if it's yeah. important enough, somebody will tell it to me, right? Exactly. Um, so someone will tell you. And that's what happens. <laughs> So just be very cautious of that for those of you that are out there listening to this, you know, even as you're, you know, just because you got through the interview process, you got that offer letter, it doesn't mean that it's over, right? Like you're still, you you're know, within the first year. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, if you're going to call in sick, don't post up pictures of where you are. If you're playing hooky, yeah. uh, well, you that's know, just, uh, you know, if you maintain on your, if you stay the best version of yourself, being mm -hmm. honest and being authentic, then you shouldn't have to worry because that all impacts our behaviors and it all comes down to behaviors. So when, yeah. you know, if you, and the more positive you surround yourself with, the more positive you will speak and that's what you'll um, see things through and when you're working whether virtually or on site you will give that energy to your team members so but if you're doing things that you know are not right that also comes across so yeah. yes you pass probation but it doesn't mean you can go do this that and the other in social media or yeah. even like out in the community because if it comes back you're part of this company Mm. And each company has different laws. I mean, different, yeah. sorry, each company has different rules. And the law can a lot of times be on the side of the employer. Yeah. No, 100%. You are a representative of the organization that you're working for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So you you got to be really careful with what you put out there because you're now representing the organization when you speak, right? Even though... It might be things that are outside of the organization. It might be on your personal time. I don't think there really is that line anymore, right? Like you yeah. are, right? I, I, sorry, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, yeah. is there a line anymore between work and Not really. Not really, especially if you think about LinkedIn and Twitter, where we put you, a lot of times mm -hmm. where we work. Then when you comment, you'll go, you are representing the company. 
We're all yeah. ambassadors of wherever we work, good or bad. So if you wrote something that's not appropriate, then it's like, hmm, should this person, this person's representing us. So, um, you know, I know HR has had to tell people to take down their social media accounts or their posts um, because oh. it's not, it's not appropriate. And mind you, you know, all different places, like globally, I mean, I, I'm talking now globally, not just Canada, mm-hmm. um, but there's different rules because, you know, you might work in Canada, but your parent company is somewhere else. And so you have to be respectful of that somewhere else. Mm. Right? Like you're, you might work here. You were hired here, but the parent company is somewhere else. And so we have to be mindful of everything we say. And if it's not positive, don't bother. Keep your opinions to yourself. If it's not positive, don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. So as we start to wrap up, there is one final question. In terms of virtual, and and, I know, time's going fast, eh? I know. (laughs) Uh, But in terms of, like, working virtual today for a lot of these candidates, what's, Number one, what's your recommendation, A, to kind of stay, you know, how to make a a positive impression when you're working virtual and how to continue and grow your brand inside that organization once you're, you know, once you're there and and once you've been accepted into the organization, how do you do that when you're working virtually? I'd love to get your your thoughts around that, Sagita. Such an excellent question. And that's really common. And I actually tell my candidates this. So, when you work virtually, so what are some behaviors we would do in the office? Well, you know, when you get to the office, you say good morning to people. Mm-hmm. So you're never, you're not late. You don't run in 835 for an 830 shift. So if you're working virtually um, and your shift is 830, why not get on the horn on your social media channel, like what you use internally at 815 and say, hey, good morning, everyone. Today's going to be a great day. That's so easy. Everybody will get to know you, your peers and your TL or manager or whoever else is on your channel, Um, you know, your internal chat, wherever Mm -hmm. possible. Grow your brand by recognizing others. Mm. You know, when you see someone, give them a shout out. Be an uplifter to others. You will automatically be uplifted. When I say, and when I say an encourager, I mean like in a real genuine sense. If you heard that, you know, you saw someone did a great call or a great transaction, whatever it is in a retail environment, like if it was online sales or I don't know what other role virtually, but like I'm talking Mm -hmm. from the contact center point of view, wherever possible and you hear someone's done something well, uh, recognize and and, um, give them shout out. And then, you know, wherever possible in the virtual world, your TL or manager, let them know what you're doing. And they will be more than thrilled to continue the conversation with you. Say, okay, you put in this micro learning bit. I've done this, that, and the other. Are there any other things you can recommend to me? Mm Because I want to grow in this field. Once I've passed whatever required amount of time, are there courses you could recommend to me that I'm allowed to mm-hmm. take? So when you show that desire to learn, people notice. When you are that you know, big cheerleader for others, 
people notice. You know, if you find out one on some some of your peers is having a tech problem, you know, you should be the first one chiming in saying, don't worry, when I, this happened to me, I did that. So you're spreading that um, great energy and wishing mm-hmm. people well. That will always get you known for the right reason. Because you know who gets known? The squeaky wheel whiner and the real <laughs> positive uplifters. <laughs> Those are the people that get known. Yeah, yeah, and one, one ends up getting promoted and one doesn't. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you be yeah. that uplifter. Be that person that um, others want to have around. Yeah. And, you know, no. because when you're an encourager, guess what? Your manager, TL, will say, wow, I'd love you to be a mentor to all our new hires. Yeah. So you're getting yourself known wherever possible. If you're on social media and something of your company is mentioned, chime in. Proud to be mm. associated with da, 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 whatever company. Like, yeah. you know, be part of the bigger part of the social media as well. So if your company is mentioned, then chime in. And uh, right. if you do something um, for your company, like your company is doing fundraiser or something, you know, post it. Be part of it. People will get to know you. And wherever you have a chance to volunteer to do good, do it. This, you will be the biggest recipient of um, feeling great when you do service for others. Mm-hmm. And then indirectly, especially when you're working remote and there's like thousands of people or it uh, doesn't matter how many, um, you will get to meet other people as well. Different sub-teams. So you're growing your brand, but all in a nice way without hurting anyone, stomping on anyone, just through positive action. So yeah. I no, and, that. Yeah. yeah, and those are great points. And, and I'm, I'm glad I asked you that question because I think, number one, I don't ask the question very often, right? It's all about getting people into the role in the first place. But right. I think there's also, there's also that piece where, you know, people need to think about, okay, great, you've planned out what the recruitment cycle looks like, but now you got to look at maybe the first 90 days in the role and how do you start to build yourself? And how do you, and actually that's been one of the questions that I've been asked recently as well. How do I get myself known inside the organization without being physically in a room with people to, for, for them to know me? So, you yeah. know, be the uplifter, Great. right? Be the uplifter. So, also, when you're on that training phase, be that mm-hmm. person who's participating, right? Because yeah. the, trainer, the worst thing for a trainer is when no one you know, puts their virtual hand up or puts and goes in chat or speaks up, be that person that volunteers for role play and participate. Be that person because the trainer will remember you and um, the trainer will mention, oh, this person is so exciting. Oh, they're really encouraging. Um, so yeah. it can start right from the get-go. Yeah. And, and you know, people don't know that these conversations are all happening. It's a background, right? So It's all happening, yeah, if you're the person who stands out in the training session, your name's going to get mentioned to uh, your future manager, to your future, uh, to your future leader, and that's when your name starts to get noticed. So that's a great point. Absolutely. Um, yeah, especially the role playing piece. I think that's amazing because it gives you perspective on, you know, what the customer's also going through. It just it opens it up to to a yeah. lot, right? Where you get to absorb. And like you said, you know, one of your key points at the beginning was be a great listener. 
be a great uh, listener and yeah. then ask great questions, right? So Absolutely. Only through listening can we ask the questions. Like, you're a great listener. So mm. only through listening are you able to really ask such, you know, um, timely and um, well-worded questions. But yeah, if you yeah. were just canned questions, then you wouldn't really care what I said. <laughs> like, That's yeah, true. Question, done. question two, done. But you're going with the flow, and however the conversation is going, it's going. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> great point. And as we start to wrap this up, Sangeeta, um, if people wanted to learn a little bit more about you or to get information about you, where could they go for that? Okay, great. So I'm all I'm definitely on LinkedIn. So um, okay. with my name, just. You can connect with me there, Sangeeta Bhatnagar. And then on my website, which is sbglobal.ca. So sbglobal.ca. You can learn about me on my site. And then definitely connect with me on uh, LinkedIn, for sure. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Not so much on any other socials, so LinkedIn is the way to go. Yeah. So I'll make sure to include your links in the show notes so people can get access to it just by going below. And by clicking on the links. Uh, but with that, I'd like to say thank you for your time, Sangeeta. This has been actually this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been a great conversation. No, really great. And you're a fantastic uh, interviewer. Uh, you just bring out great conversations. So thank you for having me. No, and thank you for for being here. You know, on the podcast today, just to share your insights. And I know we're gonna have some follow up conversations to this. All right. I know there's Happy gonna be a. Uh, a few people that are going to be interested in learning more uh, with that. I'm going to wrap. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the, epi- uh, this episode of the podcast, everybody wishing y'all a great one. Have a great day. Take care. Have a great one. Bye-bye.